We're rolling. How are you doing today, Miranda? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? What was what was that laugh? I, I don't know. I, I think I laugh when I get nervous. Uh, I do the same like on roller coasters. You know, you'll be on a roller coaster and I'm just laughing instead of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. people are like, why are you laughing? Why? What's so funny? I'm like, I'm not, it's not funny. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared though. I'm at least, just a little nervous. At least you don't like pee yourself or something. Nope. I do not pee myself. Um, I mean, maybe if like a good jump scare got at me, you know, some of those roller coasters where they have like the stop, mm. they do like a whole scene. Mm, and it's like, like in a, a tunnel? Yeah. And they're like playing out the scene and then it shoots you backwards or something. <laughs> that could almost get me. What is the most scariest roller coaster that you've been on um so it was at six flags st louis uh and i think it's called like the batman or like the batman ride but so you you go in and you start backwards and you go on the whole track backwards oh my gosh and it's so the thing is is that it's batman versus uh mr freeze so it's like an ice cream factory and that whole thing um so it's really cold and it's got like mr freeze cackling at you the whole time and then you stop in a tunnel and Mr. Freeze does his whole thing and the, the screen comes down and then it shoots you backwards all the way back to the front. And it is absolutely terrifying <laughs> because the whole time Batman's like, gotta go. And he's doing the Batman thing while you're on the roller coaster. But all you can hear is Mr. Freeze like chasing you and coming closer. I only wrote it one time and I didn't do it again. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Did you uh, hear about that um, amusement park that they're putting in Ohio? It's supposed to be bigger than Cedar Point and like a bunch of other uh, parks combined. Um, I did hear about like a new amusement park. I didn't see where, but it's going to be like Netflix land essentially. And it will be based off like streaming TV shows what? and yeah, like limited series and stuff. And it'll essentially be like you can go through the Grey's Anatomy ride and like these weird like experiences that'll be less ride, more animatronics. Um, but I did hear about that. Interesting. And is that supposed to be in the Midwest too? I, I didn't see where it was supposed to be, but I was just thinking like, how will this be interesting? It sounds like more of a, like a museum, <laughs> <laughs> like an amusement park, like a wax museum almost. <laughs> Have your um, wax museums are the weirdest things ever. I have only seen wax figures at Ripley's, believe it or not. Yes. Um, that's the only place I've ever was it seen. Was it Niagara Falls? Uh, no, it was in Myrtle Beach. Oh, okay. So we went to one in uh, Niagara Falls and uh, I, I thought it was kind of interesting because they had a Bill Cosby or not Bill Cosby. Not Bill Cosby, uh, Bill Clinton, <laughs> and then Monica Lewinsky, but no Hillary Clinton was anywhere oh, near. They left out Hillary. They left out Hillary. Bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. Um, so you reached out to me. You wanted to do the podcast. Yeah. Um, and I totally found you on a whim. Um, how did you find me? I googled you. You googled me. I how did, googled. So you. how did you hear about me? I googled Lansing podcasts. Really? Um, and I was literally just looking for a local guy. And it wasn't even like, I want to be on a podcast. It was more like, um, who can I help uh, in Lansing? What can I do to help? And can they help me? You know, and then I um, I looked through some of your podcasts and I looked at a couple things uh, on YouTube and Spotify. And I was like, I actually think I, I might want to try and be on this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that I fit. I fit the demographic. Um, so yeah, I just reached out to you in your little contact form. Um, and then you hit me back and I remember I was at work and I was like, everybody 
I got invited to be on a podcast. I mean, I invited myself, <laughs> but I'm I'm getting invited. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, see, what was interesting about that was because I I just put something out on the Lansing 517 page and like, you know, uh, something about like, hey, here's my website. If you want to apply to be on the podcast, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And then I had a bunch of people respond. And then you responded like amongst those people. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even get a chance to respond for like weeks. Yeah. And I and figured then, like, oh my gosh, this guy is so popular. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Something like that. <laughs> it is kind of interesting because... Um, when I started this podcast, it was very difficult to find guests, mm-hmm. um, really difficult, especially because like I didn't really have any credibility. Nobody really knew who I was. And I'm like, you have to come to my house to do it. And they're like, mm, I don't danger, know. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I had like one or two people be like, no, I'm, I'm OK then. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ended up getting a couple people. But then I ended up putting a post out on the 517 page. Mm-hmm. I was getting laid off from work. And I'm like, I'm just want, I want to do a bunch of podcasts. And so I put a post up. And then from that point, I had like one person reach out and then a bunch of people reached out. And then ever since that point, two years ago, over two years ago, oh wow, I've been busy. And that's awesome, though. It is awesome. It's been like a reoccurring thing. And I'm sure you've like built this up and seen it go from like, this is just a room to now this is the stew. It is. This is, is where I'm stew. at. <laughs> this is my workspace. Don't bother me when I'm in here. Yes, you know? that's exactly what it is. You need like the on air sign. I do. There. I do. Everybody tells me that. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> we had one when I was in high school and we used it at any opportunity we could. Oh on air so have you always kind of been into media and uh, yeah so I actually was offered an internship in broadcasting when I graduated high school by Bristol Broadcasting in wow. Kentucky um unfortunately it was a free internship sorry Bristol um so I couldn't take it because I wanted to move um and so I was like well I can't be a broke college student and also be getting paid nothing um <laughs> just but, doesn't work yeah but i've competed in broadcast i competed in radio broadcast for a little over four years uh and then i also did journalism during that time i was editor-in-chief of my school paper and continued that through um and where did, I, where did you go to school i went to school in kentucky so oh. uh big surprise to everybody they're like where's your southern accent i promise it's there i hide it <laughs> When you um, drink a little. Get. <laughs> yeah, that, that whiskey accent. <laughs> no, I hide it. Um, so that was a big thing I learned in broadcasting was that in order to get a job anywhere I wanted, uh, essentially, I needed to speak without an accent so that I could be comfortable to the people that were listening to me, you know, because can, they were, you, can you say something with the accent? Yeah. If you give me a minute, I can just kind of come into it a little bit okay and before y'all know it i'll just be talking and it'll get a little bit faster and a little bit thicker and you'll be like oh my goodness is she from texas or what no <laughs> just kentucky we just got that chicken that sweet tea you know things like that it. <laughs> <laughs> it gets it gets really bad when i get like really upset or really excited and, and then it starts to come out like that and you're like oh She's from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> so is that something you have to actively try to focus on when you're talking? Not as much anymore. When I first moved up here for college in 2014, I definitely would do it because people would be like, y'all, y'all, and you know, would like point oh. it out. And so I was like, okay. That's kind of rude, right? I, yeah. I'm tired of being like the token Southern person and <laughs> everybody just being like, oh, she knows about food, you know, or like <laughs> random things that I was like, why is this a stereotype for Southern folks? Food? Um, yeah. Food, <laughs> sweet tea, Jesus, big hair, gossiping, 
(laughs) (laughs) Accents are some of the most interesting thing because it doesn't, I mean, obviously you could be from the same country and then talk completely different than other people in the country. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day uh, about uh, a lady who worked for Fox 47 and she was from Germany and she had this German accent Mm -hmm. and she hated it. She did the podcast and she's like, I, I hate my, I can't even talk how she talks, but she's like, I hate my accent. And I'm like, it's awesome. I love the accent. Right. But people and, pick on you for it. I'm and, sure. And it becomes like your personality almost. Mm-hmm. And so when people go to explain, they'll be like, oh, Miranda, you know, she's that little Southern girl. And I just didn't want to be that anymore. So I just decided to cover it up more and make more of an effort. And half the time, if I don't say I'm from Kentucky, nobody would be any wiser. I would have never guessed. Yep. yeah it's i mean it's so crazy that you're able to just change the way you talk yeah um and uh kudos to mr heisner uh in graves county because he was the one that helped me and he was the one that suggested i watch more videos on the accent and just try to speak more without it and to um watch a lot of early documentaries on the transatlantic accent which was created to make people feel more comfortable when like big liners and like flying was becoming more popular people spoke with that transatlantic which is kind of like the you know i'm gonna go check it out see and i've got to do it right now and it was like this way where you couldn't tell where they were they were from they just they spoke like this and so it was a little bit different um and it made people more comfortable because they couldn't pinpoint where you were from Mm. and after like the world wars and things people were a little edgy about where people were coming from right um so yeah he was just like if you want to make it in broadcasting be able to speak like you're from anywhere that's one thing that's interesting too about um, broadcasting like news anchors is they have a certain way of talking mm-hmm. and especially the women. Yes. I'm like, why are you talking that way? We are told to talk that way. Why? It, yeah. It's so fake. Yep. It, so- it sounds so bad. I like some of the younger folks that are coming out, you know, more of my age and in their, even in, you know, like 21 and you've got these new like meteorologists and sports announcers coming out that are comfortable and they're not being like, tonight on the six o'clock news (laughs) and they're just very formal and stiff with you and it's like i can tell you're reading the script right you know i like it when they have a little bit more of a i don't know a vibe to their voice and it it just feels a little bit more like jaunty almost you know um and i do see that with some of the younger broadcasters and announcers and i do hear it on the radio more now too people on the radio aren't trying to be so stiff and formal it's a lot more fun and it doesn't have to be fun is only reserved for morning and night talk shows right just be fun to listen to do you think like podcasts have kind of influenced that a little bit most definitely because like i feel like that's probably the most form like the the most genuine form of uh media content right now is podcasts where somebody could just sit down have a conversation and not even worry about what the audience thinks of them. Yeah. And I think like, um, like I think vice vice was the one that I always remember coming out in the beginning with podcasts. And I remember listening to a lot of vice podcasts and being like, Oh my gosh, this isn't just the BBC, you know, like this is actually cool listening. They're having a conversation with folks and it was an interview. I remember the first one I listened to, it was an interview with Jay Z and it's like a podcast style. And she's just talking to Jay Z. Like he's a normal person. And I'm like, holy crap, I don't think I've ever heard Jay-Z talk like this. And I'm a, I'm a big hip-hop fan, so to hear somebody sound so real, and I'm like, oh, 
oh, this is, this is radio now. We're, we're getting there. Like, this is cool. And I mean, that was in like 2012 when I first heard that. And I've just heard it get better and better and better to where now people have like the on the streets podcast where they're Mm -hmm. just walking up and having conversations with folks. And it is some of the most engaging and interesting stuff I've ever heard. I think that's, uh, I think people just long for that. Really. People want to know what other people's lives are like and just not even worry about the like scripted, like the scription, like, the scripted aspect of a show mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean yeah we want, we're nosy we're people yeah. we're human yeah <laughs> <laughs> what did i say we're no for gossiping Every, everybody <laughs> likes a little gossip you can't look me in my eye and tell me you ain't gossiped at least once <laughs> <laughs> you know but i i do think it we are curious we are yes. human nature is curiosity um, and even that that nitty gritty stuff that true crime true crime is probably what the number one podcast like what is that? A genre? A subject? genre. Yeah, yeah. That, that is probably the number one in podcasts is somebody does a true crime podcast. And even the ones that are one offs that are just covering one, you know, like Elizabeth Smart, just this one podcast on Elizabeth Smart. It gets millions and millions and millions of plays, you know, because we're curious. We want to know, even though right. it's, it's sad and it makes us feel icky and look over our shoulders. We're going to listen to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's um, enticing. I I've listened to podcasts of people that I do not care for, but I'm too curious to not know what's going on. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the best ways to be informed, even if you don't agree with somebody. Like, I mean, if you were to like sit down and listen to Trump on a podcast who like a lot of people don't like, he's so yeah. divisive and people don't like the way he talks, but people would listen because they're like, what does he have to say? <laughs> I, I say the same thing about Joe Rogan. So Joe Rogan gets a lot of flack for his podcast. I got to say he's doing it right. Joe Rogan lets anybody come on. He lets them have their peace. He interjects with good questions and keeps the flow of the conversation going. And at the end of the podcast, you know something about that person you didn't know before. And maybe now you can have a little bit more of an educated opinion on that person. Right. Which I also think is good. And that's another good thing about podcasts is there are, while there are a lot of people that just blast that information out there and they're like, I know it because I heard it. At least they know it. Right, and at least there right. are more facts going out there and podcasts themselves are fact checkers. I mean, you have podcast people, especially in like true crime, that are essentially detectives. Yeah, They're yeah. going out and putting together these pieces and figuring things out. I mean, I know we've all heard those stories of podcasts and YouTubers helping uh, law enforcement figure these things out. There was a podcast series that I listened to. Um, it was uh, some lady who went, missing uh, at on a college campus like in the 90s mm-hmm. um in California and some journalist from so it was it was a bigger podcast it was like a it wasn't like an NPR but it was like one of the um one of the bigger networks mm-hmm. they have a podcast and they covered the story and because of that story they reopened the case and they found the killer yeah and that, they arrested him that stuff's crazy like a year ago yeah and uh one of my favorite one of my favorite folks uh Kendall Ray she's on YouTube um she does true crime she's done it for years and she will put the uh information to contact the people that are on that case and essentially gets people to badger them so huh. much that they will reopen cases or release pertinent information to the public that needs to be out there. And this is just one woman, you know, I mean, now she has a social media team and, you know, a whole right. team that helps her. But when she started, that was just one lady in a camera, yeah. you know, just doing her best and trying to help these people out there that were reaching out to her, like, please put me on your channel, you know? And I think 
you're going to continue to get that too. You're going to, as people, more and more people see how open and kind you are and how genuine the experience is, you're going to have these small businesses that start up that be like, I, I have to be on this podcast. This is the way to get my voice out to Michigan. This is my way to hit the greater Lansing region. Right. I definitely foresee that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have nothing to say to that. <laughs> smile. Just you, smile. Nod. You, you put the attention on me and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I know I'm reversing it. This is my podcast now. <laughs> Have you ever thought about doing a podcast? Oh my gosh. People tell me all the time I need to be, you know, doing like talk, be on the radio still, write something. I get a lot of requests. I used to be a Twitch streamer. Um, you know, so I was pretty good at that. I was an affiliate. It's like uh video games? Uh, like- I did um I actually read to people. Okay. Um, I did play some video games what to would break you read? it up. Uh I would let them pick. So the last book I read was during 2020, uh, height of the pandemic, and they asked me to read The Stand by Stephen King, um, which was very on the nose at the time. Um, (laughs) But I did, and it actually made a lot of people feel more comfortable about the scary situation that we were in. Wow. Um, I would have people tuning in from all over the world that were just, you know, I would do it later in the evening and read um, until like 11 or midnight. A lot of people fell asleep with me. Um, You know, they were lonely. They were locked up in their house. Um, They were just scared. And to just have somebody reading this book that is fiction, it sounds a lot like what's going on, but it's still fiction. It's not real. I think that just helped ground some folks. Um, But I did that, and I really enjoyed it. But uh, work got the best of me. And it's a lot. It's a full-time job to be a streamer, a podcaster, anything. Yeah. You know, you're di- you're putting it in at least 30 hours a week, just editing, working on things, engaging with people, um, having social media, engaging with those folks, um, having a Discord, engaging with your, you know, your more intimate followers on the Discord. It just got to be a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So do you foresee yourself ever starting it back up or? Uh, I've definitely thought about it again. I yeah. have. I miss reading to people. I love to read. I've read over 75 books this year already. So wh- Wow. <laughs> well, you're putting me to shame. <laughs> I like to read too, but I read a lot of like uh, self-help and um, motivational, inspirational stuff. Okay. Yeah. I like to listen to a lot of motivational things like while I'm getting ready for something or okay. whatever. Like I- what? Um, I do listen to Joe Rogan. He's got some really good, like just short 30 second clips and they are just inspiring to me. You know, it's like, just get up, get moving. Don't let somebody be the reason you stop for the day. Don't let a frown, you know, turn it all upside down. Like, you know, those things sound silly, but when you're hearing them while you're getting ready and prepping yourself to start your whole day, it can make a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Lisa Fisher here in Lansing, mm-hmm. she gives out lots of awesome tips as well. Helps me, you know, managing that work-life balance. That's something she talks about a lot and she's brought up a few different times. And I have definitely had to stop, think about it and let things level and say, okay, this is work. This is life. Let's be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that balance is extremely important. You can get so consumed with work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and bringing it home. Oh my gosh. And you know, when your work is still at home, so, you know, I leave extend your reach and then I come home to Marshland studios. <laughs> <laughs> there is still work to be done <laughs> and it's having to divvy up time and say, I'm only going to dedicate Monday and Wednesday evenings to this. And Tuesdays is going to be family night. And I'm going to try and invite my ma over or, you know, reach out to one of my siblings. Did I, did I talk to my cousins this month? Have I, have I done something with my in-laws? 
Um, you know, and Fridays are going to be fun. They're for me. They're cleansing days. You know, I'm going to turn off the electronics. I'm going to pick out a good book. I'm going to, you know, have a good coffee, things like that. Like I, I really just have to write notes and remind myself and look at my schedule and say, okay, take a break. You haven't done this this week. You need mm-hmm. to dedicate some time to that. Or when I feel work being all consuming and I'm like, holy crap, I've put in 45 hours this week. That's enough. That's enough. It'll still yeah. be there for another 40 hours the next week. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to be consumed of work. Uh, that's something that Jose and I were talking about yesterday. It was that he, we were talking about how like when he first started, there were days where he would stay, he would stay up till like one o'clock in the morning making food, preparing it. And then he would go home, go to sleep on the couch, wake up late and then have to run and get the food out of the fridge and then go to a farmer's market. Yeah. And we were talking about how like when you first start that people don't see that people don't see what went, what work went into what the final product was. Mm -hmm. They just see the final product and they're like, wow, he's killing it. Now he has a storefront. Like he's just, yeah, and you, you, a you get a little life. bit of that jealousy. Oh, yeah. Jose is doing so awesome. Okay, well, did you see the behind the scenes? Right. Do you know you see all how the hard long work. it took Jose to make Tantai a real thing? How long did it take to get from conception to the incubator kitchen to having a food truck to now getting that brick and mortar? You know, how much blood, sweat, and tears went into that, my friend? Because yeah. that was all behind the scenes. Yeah. And he kept that game face on the whole time so that you didn't see that stress. Um, and you didn't see if it got him down sometimes or anything. I, I also think he has a really great team supporting him as well. And, you know, this region has changed so much since 2020. Like, we saw a lot of places die, but we saw a lot of places rise up. And we saw a lot of people come out of the woodwork that were dedicated to keeping what was here, here, and to bring in new stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Lansing 501, holy heck, those dudes have done so much. Chaz Carrillo, I mean, just the Lansing Chamber on their own. They do um, the events, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they do so many events. I mean, and then you've got people like Our Space 517 that put on that amazing Juneteenth program and festival this year. Like They did the Hispanic Heritage, too. Yep. Yeah. That's here in Lansing. That We didn't go to Detroit. That's yep. not up in Grand Rapids. That happened right here in the capital city where it should have been happening this whole time. And it makes me so happy to see that. I mean, I left here when I was eight, grew up in Kentucky, graduated high school there, came back and still had so much pride for Michigan. And to just see it get better and better every year makes me so happy. I mean, we've got we got a lot of ways to go, but it's happening. And that's awesome. So are you you're originally from Lansing? Uh, yeah, so I grew up actually 30 minutes outside of Lansing in a little town called Eaton Rapids. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte's rivalry. <laughs> that's that's where I went, Charlotte. Uh, Chartucky. Chartucky. <laughs> where I should feel right at home there then. You should. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I grew up in Eaton Rapids with my grandparents and my mom. Um, and then we moved down to Kentucky uh, to be with my dad and uh, my other siblings. I'm the oldest of nine kids. Uh, between my parents so my mom wanted me to be around my siblings um, and have that experience and she also wanted kind of just that slower going southern experience for high school and school she didn't want me stressed out she didn't want me potentially in you know a Lansing public school at that time when I was younger things were a little testy and she just wasn't you know aware my mom grew up in inner city Detroit Mm. Um, so she just she was thinking about her experiences when she was a kid in the 80s in Detroit and just did not want that for me yeah um, and we moved to Kentucky and I came back up here when I graduated high school. I literally left the night I graduated. Oh, 
I, I told everybody goodbye and <laughs> I was here the next day in Michigan. I mean, people were texting me like, where are you at? Such and such is having a party. I'm like, <laughs> I'm eight hours away. <laughs> I just came here and, um, kind of just started new. And what was that like? Scary. Well, I mean, because you were on your own at that point, right? I was actually with my mom. Um, so my grandma passed away uh, in 2014, the year I graduated high school, and left us a house. And it was like, do I join my mom, um, go up here to Michigan and kind of restart from scratch, or do I do the original college plan, go into debt, and figure it out on my own? And I said... Nah. <laughs> and I saw LCC had just won like an accreditation for being one of the top community colleges. And I applied. I got in. Um, thank <laughs> gosh. Um, <laughs> got in and I just left. I said, I'm, I'm just going to start new. I'm just going to start fresh. I'm going to come back here. It's my roots. I'm going to figure it out. Um, first year was a little lonely. I mean, I had my mom and my brother, but I was a little lonely. I had to make friends again and kind of figure out what it is I wanted to be, and what I wanted to do. Um, and then once I started going, I have not stopped. <laughs> <laughs> um, was able to leave my mom in a great house. Uh, I live in an amazing house here in downtown. Um, I, I love it. I wouldn't have changed any of my plans. That's interesting that you could be gone for so long. And then come back and then now be so involved in a community. Uh, and I, I, I do that, I think, in every community I'm in. Because when I was in Kentucky, I was so heavily evolved in my community. I mean, you know, I was doing the local newspaper. I was on local TV stations. I was helping out at the radio station. I was doing, um, you know, we did different volunteer programs to help with homeless. And, you know, people, a, a lot of people down there are affected uh, by drugs. Um, and that's really sad. And so working and making sure kids have a Thanksgiving dinner or a Christmas dinner, working with churches. Um, I did a lot of like uh, kind of like first day of school things where people could come get a haircut, get mm. clothes. I did that with my local church for a long time down there. Um, I was in ROTC in high school. So I did a lot of stuff with the Kentucky National Guard during high school. Um, that was pretty humbling and interesting to be a part of. You didn't want to join the military? I thought about it. I definitely did. They wanted yeah. me to. <laughs> I bet they did. <laughs> um, Marines, hoo-ha, they wanted me. Um, but no, and when I came here, I just immediately got myself involved in the community. Um, my mom had known Mike Carl, mm. uh, so I immediately got involved with I Mike Carl with in college. I did a lot of homeless walks where we gave uh, tampons out to women and pads. Um, that was a humbling <coughs> experience. And just to see how Mike never gave up he has been thrown so many curveballs, and he continues to give to the community, whether it's cardboard profits, homeless angels, Mike Carl himself, he is out there. And that was, that to me just showed like, I'm going to keep doing it too. I, it doesn't matter. Okay. That program's done. That one's gone away. I don't like that person. All right. How else can I help? What can I do to help? Where can I be to help? Right. Um, so I just, I just kept engaging myself. And of course, now that I'm a marketing manager, I have a little bit more pull. I definitely see that. People will give me a second glance with the manager title attached. So I feel like I can help and do more in right. the community. I mean, that's what I'm doing with my big Halloween event. I'm just trying to help folks promote themselves and get out there. It's it's not about extend your reach. It'll be nice to get something, yeah. but I'm just here to help others. I think that's so important for a lot of people is to get involved in, in the communities that they're, they, they live in and that they're they're a part of. Um, because then you have a sense of belonging at that point mm -hmm. when you, 
when you are part of a community and you don't live or you don't, you're not active in the community, you don't do anything, you kind of, I don't know. It's like, it's lonely in a sense, I guess. It's very ostracizing. You can have this beautiful, amazing community around you. You know, like imagine moving to Lansing and, and having no social media and not being able to be a part of the 517 group or Lansing foodies or something like that, and you you don't know how to reach out and ask, who's a good doctor? Um, where do you like to take your kids to go swimming? Who You know, who's got the best olive burger? Right. You can't find those things without being connected to your community. Right. Yeah, maybe you can go on a Google search and hunt on your own, but is that as fun? Is, is, is that as good feeling? Um, did you make a friend while you, gotta you did that? You got to put work in, too. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. If I Google best olive burger in Lansing, how many search results are going to come up? And, right. And who's the reputable source? Right. Whereas if I make a post, somebody's going to be like, well, I like Cupy's olive burger because the history behind it. They them. are one of the best. They are. Yeah. Shout out <laughs> Cupy's. Um, Autumn is awesome. You know, just things like that, that the sense of community, you're really missing out. If you don't just look for it and it doesn't have to be a Facebook group, mm-hmm. it can be a church. Um, yep. you know, it can be a job. It can be a weekly meetup that you go to. That's what I, yeah. That's one thing I was, I was going to get at was like, if you work for a company or something and you have like a union and you should get involved with that union, mm-hmm. I, like I have a union and I'm not involved in it, but I don't feel like I need to be. <laughs> Is it Ayatsu? It's not. Okay. It's uh, the UAW. Oh, the UAW. Yeah. Well, gosh, they're real important right now. We're on strike right now. Yeah, they need they need all the help they can get. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they just announced today that they walked out uh, Arlington. I did see that. Which is LinkedIn. General Motors' largest uh, assembly plant. That is it's insane. like 5,600 employees. And it's one of their most high profit plants. But they have been, I mean, they've been negotiating since what, November of 22 in Arlington? Mm. I thought I saw. Um, no, I mean the the national the international agreement was up September uh, September fourteenth or thirteenth something like that. Okay, and so they've been negotiating before that, mm. um, and that's for everybody. So it's it's crazy. I saw Louisville had walked out, and I watched that. Um, some of the videos of people walking out and I was like, was it like a CCA plant or something? You know, honestly, I'm not even going to lie and pretend like I know. Um, (laughs) but I did see them walking out and you know, in Kentucky, it is, it is sad to see when that happens because you know, all those folks are out of work and how it affects their family. And and Kentucky is poor. We're not gonna, we're not gonna play on it. A lot of our Southern states are poor and they're rural. So when a place like Louisville, everybody kind of works in a big spot. I mean, Louisville is one of the bigger cities, but you know, for example, where I grew up, um, you could work at the, the trust building place where you built house trust, mm-hmm. the candle factory or the chicken plant. Those were your choices. So if the chicken plant striked, that's thousands of folks without work right? and it affects the community. And while they are fighting for themselves and they 100% deserve that, I am no way against strikes. I do see how it affects the community and it's like, gosh, what can I do to help besides continue to educate folks and get that out there about why you are on strike. And you know, that's something a podcast can do. And I think that's, uh, that's the important thing about this strike with the UAW is that that's one of the things that they're trying to strike. That's one of the things they're striking over is, uh, job security and the ability for a company to come into a city, like a small town like that, where they have a, a factory that employs couple thousands thousands of people mm-hmm. and they'd be like well, i'm sh- we're shutting this down and we're taking it to mexico and oh, then now great. these people don't have a job yeah and so 
that's one thing that we're striking over is the fact that we want the right to strike over plant closures mm -hmm. because I mean, this, that's happened. I, I think it happened 65 times within the last 10 years where the big three companies have shut down 65 plants oh. and it just decimates communities. And that's terrible. I have a friend who is from um, Lordstown, Ohio, small community. Um, but Lordstown, they, they built the Chevy Cruze. Um, it was one of their bigger factories, okay. completely shut that factory down. And then those people that work there had to transfer plants. He transferred to our plant and his family still in Ohio, like his kids, his yeah, kids are like, because you can't pick up your whole life and move it. No, Not everybody can't. has that ability to just say, okay, I'm moving. Right. How can I find that place to live? Can I find a place for my kids to go to a school that I like, right. you know, how far away am I displacing my family? You know, those are things that everybody has to think about. You know, people just say, you know, I see it a lot on Facebook. Well, just leave. Just go get another oh, job. I hate that. <laughs> well, if it was that easy, folks, I would have not left Kentucky and came all the <laughs> way up here. It is not that easy to just say, ah, all right, you know. But, I mean, it, 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 at some, has, there's there's a certain point where you have to hold account. You have to have accountability for, for businesses, for corporations mm -hmm. and for the, the employees in the community. Mm -hmm. I mean, because if they shut down a factory, it's going to decimate the community. People are going to be out of work, but if they go on strike, the impact of that's a lot lower than yeah. if they were to shut, shut a place down. I can definitely so. agree with that. But what I was originally getting at was <laughs> that when, when you are, a, when you work somewhere or mm -hmm. you go to church or something, you should be involved in that community because it gives you a sense of purpose. It gives you a reason to keep going, keep doing the things you're doing. Um, like I grew up in church, so I, I was, too. I was a huge, I was huge in the church. Like I would, I would play in the, in the orchestra. I was in the choir, uh, kids programs. Like I was a leader in the kids programs and, yep. um, it gives you like a sense of purpose and a, a, like a belonging, a place of belonging. I remember looking forward to being a church camp counselor. Like uh, one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be in charge. <laughs> like I remember looking forward to that. Like what kind of church <laughs> did you go to? I was raised Southern Baptist. Oh, okay. Uh, so we ate a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing i will say about southern baptist we love jesus and we sure do love to have a buffet after service <laughs> <laughs> do you still practice religion uh, i am i am still religious I'd, i have not been to church in quite a bit um just never found one up here that i really you know found as a home church yeah um yeah. definitely visited places uh my aunt and uncle have a church in uh, down river detroit i go there when i can um but i am still Southern Baptist at heart. And when I, <laughs> when I go home, I visit my home church. Um, I'm still a member, uh, years later, they still have me. Uh, so that makes me feel good. But, cool. uh, Mount Olivet Baptist church, just a four room church. Wow. Um, in a little town I went there. Oh shoot. Since I was eight, I went there from eight to 18. Wow. 10 years. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right in the Bible belt too. There's so many churches down there. Oh yeah. That, so the, many. The literal Bible belt. <laughs> My town was Pentecostal, Baptist, and Catholic. Mm. It was split. <laughs> you knew, you knew where people were on Sunday <laughs> and Saturday sometimes too. <laughs> but that, that definitely growing up in church, it made me want to continue to have that community when I went into the workforce. You know, I saw how well the deacons and the ladies and even the different pastors all spent time together and did things together and had Bible study. And, you know, they did 
after Wednesday night church, they would go out to dinner or maybe they'd go do bingo together. And I was like, gosh, I want to be like that when I'm an adult. I want to have a group that I go out with and network and, mm-hmm. and do things with. I didn't fully know it at that age, but I knew that it's what I, I wanted to look forward to that. Yeah. And I have that now. Um, you know, I'm in Athena, uh, the women's group. Oh okay. my gosh. So many lovely accepting women in that group, <laughs> but also just going to the Lansing chamber member mixers. That is like my, my tribe, my group, you know, when I get to be with other young professionals, business people, movers and shakers in the Lansing area, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. Even if I'm just there to just network and, and have a yeah. good Tuesday evening, even if I don't have anything I'm really trying to work with or like seeking out a client, it just feels good. And it's like, yep. I'm with like-minded folks. Yeah. We're all working towards a goal. I like this. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it could be, you could get into a point where you just feel like you're alone and you're just trying to figure things out on your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've felt that way so many times. Yeah. <laughs> Having a small business. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you have people that support you and care and they're like, dude, you're doing great. But it's like, yeah, but I'm the one in the room by myself editing four hours right, of podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, for real. Everybody who comes in here is like, dude, this is awesome. You got an awesome thing going. I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like panicked for an hour before you came <laughs> here today, making sure this was clean. <laughs> for real. For real. It's always an hour before the episode. I'm like setting up, getting ready. And, and then the yeah, hour after. The hour after. Yeah, relax. <laughs> That's why like when somebody cancels like an hour before and I'm like, mm. Thanks. Like, you left it down to the wire. <laughs> I know things come up, but gosh dang. <laughs> I totally get that though. Yeah, you have to. You have an in-home studio. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I mean, musicians? Mm, they're the worst. Oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> pin you guys down. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to blanket that too. Not any genre, just musicians. But metal guys, you know that you need to change your strings before you come in to record. <laughs> and you don't. And then we take 20 minutes watching you do that and just please... Any metal guys listening, change your strings. <laughs> so when somebody comes in and they book the studio, mm-hmm. uh, let's say they want to record something. Yeah. What is what is that process like? Do you guys, I mean, obviously you have to set up, get things ready for them, but do you guys produce it for them? Oh, or? if they want it. Now, some folks just come in and they, they've never heard themselves recorded and they just want to hear it cool let's get you recorded and let's hear it um some folks come in and you know say it's a band and we have a full band and they're doing vocals and bass guitar drums um we're gonna get all those recorded whether that takes one day multiple days usually multiple days um we're gonna get all that done and then we're gonna say okay what's the next step are we wanting to mix and master this is this you know what you're seeing do we want to edit do we we think we want to change some things up you didn't like how that vibe together do you want a really rough mix to kind of hear how it starts and maybe build from this and use this as like a a jumping off point of like, okay, here's what we sound at this level. In two months time, we want to be ready to record an album and we want to be better than that. Um, You know, so it's totally up to them. And then from that, if they do decide, yeah, we want you to mix and master it. Okay. Are you releasing this yourself? Um, Or do we want to go on that release process together? Making sure that they have, their names labeled properly. Um, do you have Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever? We need to make sure that DistroKid and, excuse me, <laughs> some other things um, have all the right things so that you're connected and you're getting those royalties. And it goes to, you know, Miranda Branham. She's the lyricist. So anytime I'm noted as the lyricist, making sure that goes back to me and not Miranda Branham <laughs> that's spelt just a little bit differently in another place because that happens, Yeah, you know? Um 
and just doing all of that. It, it's totally your journey. And I am just here and Julian, we are just here to help you get along on it. So you guys help guide people essentially through that process. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of new guys. Yeah. So it's new people new to the music industry or they've been jam band session for years and now they are ready to take that next step. Um, or they're, they've got money. And they're like, I have money in my pocket. I've wanted to do this for years. I am just ready to try it and do it. And they might be a one-off, but they tried it and it's an experience for them. And I'm happy to facilitate. <laughs> have, have you guys had anybody who came, came through and was extremely successful? Um, there's definitely some metal bands that have some success. Uh, one of them being Julian's own band. Uh, so Bograith is his own band. Um, they actually did some mini tours um, outside of Michigan. So, wow. you know, that's bigger yeah. when you get into surrounding states you're doing good um they have a lot of album sales uh they have a lot of listens and streams and they still do really good they sell a lot of merch still um and i think that's really cool uh we have some folks that gained a lot of traction did one thing never went anywhere with it mm. um and that kind of sucks we had some indie artists that we recorded that really had some potential and i was super bummed that they didn't want to continue and i mean some of it was like relationships or (laughs) (laughs) you know we didn't really want to be a part of that some folks move um and you know we do have some people that they do move and they send us their stuff from a different studio and they're in california and they record in somebody's studio and then send it to julian and they're like hey i still i still really appreciate you and they maybe don't make it big per se, but they've got followers, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and they're getting steady listens, you know, and they're doing good on their own standards and they're happy. That's got to be one of the hardest industries to break through, right? Oh my god, The music industry. Yeah. And, and getting somebody to be consistent. Um, you know, I see it in my own job. People are like, social media, isn't that easy? Uh-huh. Uh, well it changes so much it does it changes and you have to be an active participant in social media for it to work for you the days of buying followers and doing that they're done yeah they're done people don't like generic comments or engagement pods Mm -hmm. where you can tell the same like seven people comment on each other's (laughs) stuff and they're only supporting each other right those things don't work anymore um and so with musicians like you have to engage in order to get people and you need content yes and a lot of it is repetitive content if you're releasing a single i want to see 17 tiktoks of that same bit from that single of like your your hook mm-hmm. i want to hear that and see that 17 times before the single ever drops yeah because now i'm addicted to that and i want to know the rest of the song i'm i'm in it i should be seeing cut up music videos um put into 15 second periods and use the most uh memes meme culture it is real use it to your advantage i mean obviously like some some businesses like extend your reach we wouldn't make memes. Um, <laughs> that's not relevant to us. But could we're you? Not, we're way too good for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> could you make a meme? Yeah, could you make absolutely. a meme and make that relevant to I your do. podcasting and use that? Yes. Um, and so just seeing that marketing and being like, if you just put in a, a, a penny more, yeah. sir, a penny more, you could go my, somewhere. My friend uh, Kaylee, she owns Apple Blossom Kombucha in Frandor. Love them. Do you know Kaylee? I don't know Kaylee personally, but I love the kombucha. You should meet Kaylee. She, I think you like her. Um, your personalities would cl- like go go together well. Um, but she always does these uh, like uh, Instagram reels. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to check it out because um, 
I wish I could pull it up. Yeah, using the trending things, like the trending sounds and the templates and things like that. That's what she does. Yeah. She like does like the voice, like she just adds whatever sound into it and then she just does a little diddle. Yeah, and it does goes. a little thing and it works. And it works. And you know, some people are like, that's easy. No, it's, it's not. not. You've actually got to put in some effort and some research. And then again, once you post that content, you have to engage with it. Yeah. You've got to share it and you've got to encourage your friends. Um, I, I, I love and I hate those posts that I see go out that it's like, it costs zero dollars to support your friend. Uh. <laughs> and it's like, yes. Um, but just liking something, I could use a little bit more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if instead of just liking your friend's post or sharing your friend's post, give them a solid review. Um, give them a referral. Uh, reach out on the comment and say something that you genuinely liked. Like if it's a photographer, comment and say, oh my gosh, every time David takes my photos, he makes me feel so comfortable. I never have to struggle with my poses and my kids are smiling the entire time. Wow, that took me five seconds, you mm -hmm. know, and that was so much more substantial than just liking my post. Right. Just yeah. a little bit more. That's actually a really good point. Because, yeah, I mean, I see those posts all the time. And usually it's like your smaller business owners who are mm -hmm. struggling um, that, that post them. Yep. And, you know, like everybody wants to support your business, everybody, generally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> people want to show that they're supportive. So it's easy to just throw a like on. And it, it does take a little bit more work to sit down and like type a, a little comment or whatever. But that's so much, like you said, it's so much more beneficial than. Mm -hmm. Than just like. Yeah. Well, I, anybody can like something. I can like something on accident yeah. when I'm scrolling. Yeah. But adding a little bit of a little bit of zazz, using a five dollar word, yep. you know, just takes it that little <laughs> bit further. <laughs> <laughs> it just takes it that little bit further. You know, um, you know, if you're not seeing any engagement, do a giveaway. Uh, play a game on your socials. Do something that that breaks the algorithm, mm -hmm. you know, use it to your advantage. Um, have them jump around on your social medias, you know, like me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok and screenshot and post in the comments and first person to do all three, you know, I'll give you a plant or something, you know, like <laughs> something that's relevant to your business. Right. Um, I, I see those things and I think they would work so good. It's just somebody's like, oh, but I have to do all of that. Yes. But, oh, my gosh, the results. Right, right. <laughs> Don't just spend $25 and boost a Facebook ad. Um, look at that ad and think about it. If I saw this randomly on my feed, would it really get me to do something? Or is it just a sponsored content post? Mm. You know, what, what action does this drive for me? Is that something you do with extend your reach? Do you create those kind of posts? And I stuff? do. So I yeah. run extend your reach social media. And then I do it for some of our clients as well. Um, not all of our clients are on social media. We do handle a lot of state and federal, uh, contracts. So they're not really on socials, but some of our smaller folks, um, you know, like mom and pop businesses and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, I do do their posts and I do things like that engage or, um, you know, I'll put something in their email newsletter and that will get them back to their social media, which will in turn send them to their website, which in turn, it just kind of overlaps. Right, and I, right. I kind of keep that almost loop going. How do um, you manage that? Because that's got to be so hard. I mean, you do so many different businesses. Yeah. Uh, dedicating time every week, uh, computer reminders, um, literally like alerts and just saying like, stop time to do this for an hour. Um, and making sure that I dedicate, you know, if I'm managing social media for somebody, each person gets an hour per day. Uh, so I manage like four things right now. 
So four hours of my day, I'm doing that. Do I give extended reach a little bit more? Yeah, sometimes I'll do two hours, especially if I'm getting active engagement at that time and people are commenting back and forth or messaging. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend that time and continue doing that. Um, I do it at home. Uh, You know, that's like that work-life balance that I was talking about. I've got to have those alerts, those reminders, those notes to just make sure I'm doing things in a timely manner, but not letting it consume me. How do you manage that? So you, you're on social media all day. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Do you have your own social media that you I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, um and gratefully Julian manages Marshland Studios socials. Um I don't do that. He had a brand already when we first started together. He had already started it. So I let him continue that brand and that voice and that identity. Um, but I definitely do help with ideas, but so that takes a lot off my plate. Um, I used to also run a a personal Instagram for gardening, um, big gardener over here. I I had to (laughs) let that go. It it was all the time. I was always on my phone. I was at the point where I thought I needed two phones Oh, and I was like, I, I can't, I can't be that person. (laughs) I like to be fun and energetic and I'm feeling drained Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling like, like a, not a happy care bearer. Like I'm the sad, grouchy rain cloud care bearer. <laughs> and I didn't want to be that anymore. And so, yes, I do a lot of social media, but I will also walk away from it and I will set things up um, automatically. And, you know, if I'm taking a week vacation from work, I'm taking a week of vacation. So those posts are already locked up and ready to go. Um, do I miss a little bit of engagement that week? Yes. Do I double back and go when I come back from vacation? Yeah. Sometimes I twist that into the experience as well. You know, in mm-hmm. my comments, like, oh, we're late seeing this, but, you know, twist it with a pun or something like right, that. Right, right. Um, I just don't let it consume me like that. You yeah. know, you've, you've got to put that line, and sometimes you do need to just automate it. If yeah. you made six content posts... Load those up on your schedule. Yeah. Have them loaded up. Hootsuite, hootswoop, how you ever say it? I never say it right. The bird, the owl, the owl will post for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, in the age of AI, sometimes you don't even need to write your own captions. You know, let, yeah. the, let the AI kind of brainstorm for you. Change a couple things. Add some emojis. That's what I do. Yep. <laughs> I let AI do everything. You know, and you can add your personal touches as you need to. Yep. Um, but it doesn't need to be all the time consuming it's Mm -hmm. still 40 hours a week but it doesn't have to be 40 mind-numbing hours (laughs) (sighs) that would be so mind-numbing regardless it it can be a lot and like i said that's why i just i take that step back i i use my vacation time i take my sick time when i need it and sometimes with the way the world goes there is a lull on social media you don't need to be posting every day yeah engage weekly but you don't have to be on there every day yeah Sometimes it's not relevant for you. That's another thing I like to remind customers. They'll be like, well, I saw such and such did this. All right. I see why you like that. But do you think that's relevant for your business? Let me talk you out of that because I don't think that's actually a good use of your time and your money. I'm not here to nickel and dime anybody. I hate doing that. I see so many different businesses, like not even in Lansing, just in the world. And you can tell they're managed by somebody that is getting that hourly (laughs) <laughs> they are they are getting it. And it's just like, was that relevant for you? Did you need to join in on that trend? Like the Barbie trend. Did ever you know, you saw everybody and this Barbie is a professional and this Barbie oh, likes to do this yeah. and everybody had to have something Barbie. 
Did that fit your brand though? Was that good for your brand identity? Was that good for your reputation? Did it help build trust? Right. Or was it just funny? Right. Did you actually gain any attention? Did people utilize your services because you made a Barbie post? Right. Or did you only get a lot of attention on the Barbie post because it's trending and that didn't actually convert into any leads for you? Right. You know, that, that was something. Sense. That was that something I said. Everybody was like, why didn't you make a Barbie post for Extend Your Reach? This Barbie is professional. She doesn't <laughs> need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. Um, so we're almost an hour in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Time flies on the podcast. It really does. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> you, and the thing is too, um, once you get an hour in, that's when you start getting warmed up. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, now I could feel, I feel like I could go longer. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely go. <laughs> I could keep talking. I could talk See, about my event. I, I could just keep going. You should talk about the event. Um, so. <laughs> the event is this Friday, October 27th. It is the Beataboo Blitz. Um, and it is a business mixer. Um, much like the Lansing Chamber mixers, uh, mixed with trunk or treat vendors and food trucks. Uh, the number one complaint I hear at any Lansing event, like Lansing 501, LRCC, Athena, I can't come. I got my kids. I got to go. I got to get my kids. I can only stay. I got to go get my kids. Mm. You know, or I want to go see such and Are such. Are you sure that's actual people having to go get their kids or is it a reason to leave? Well, some people <laughs> might be using that as an excuse and I shame you for using your children. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but no, you know, that's what I hear. And so I was like, what can I do in the Lansing area that will involve people being able to showcase their families? Because we got to admit, if you have kids, you're proud of them. I'm proud of my nieces and nephews. You know, you're proud of them and you want to show it off. And also you want to use that Halloween costume as much as possible yes. because that boy costs $60 <laughs> and you're going to be it for two years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just wanted to do that. And holy crap, the response has been insane. Really, I pitched this idea three different times in my life. Three different times I tried to pitch this to a business and they were like, nobody will do that. That's going to cost thousands of dollars. Nobody would want that. Um, I have over 25 partners and vendors. Um, it cost me $219 so far. Wow. I did not charge anybody for booth or setup fees um, because I want them to promote themselves and get as much out of this as they want to. Um, and I have over 160 guests. Wow. Um, and I am just floored. Um, and really what took to get it going off the ground. Finally, this third time's the charm when I pitch it. They were like, you know, my upper management. Well, who are you going to get to participate? And I said, I've got people. And they said, well, who? And I said, don't you worry. And I reached out to the people that supported me when I freelance and f- supported me when I first moved up to Michigan and I didn't have anybody. And I reached out to those folks and offered them the space. And once they came in, other people were like, oh, so Miss Crystal's food truck is going to be there? Yeah. Oh, well, I've worked with her at XYZ. Oh, she's great. Oh, well, what can I do? How do I join? You know, or, oh, Lost in the Dark podcast is going to be there? Gosh, he's such a nice guy. I love listening to him. I'm going to have to come and say hi to him in person. Who, I gotta, who is that? Uh, that is Burton Bargerstock. Uh, he is amazing. He, um, he's been doing Lost in the Dark for like five years. Wow. Uh, absolutely amazing. He actually sponsored Toledo Death Fest, which was a big death metal festival. Cool. Um, really, really awesome guy, genuine and wants musicians to get the most out of it. Love you. That's cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I reached out to these people that supported me when I was, you know, essentially I'm a nobody and they were like, well now you're a somebody (laughs) and you're doing a big event and this is going to be good for me. 
Um, and that just feels awesome. That is awesome. So where is the event at? So it's at Extensure Beach. So okay. just down the road off Aurelius. It's off Jolly and Aurelius. Okay. Um, Extensure Reach is right in the cul-de-sac where Soccer Zone is. Oh, uh, so okay. a lot of folks just kind of drive right past us and go to Soccer Zone. Because, <laughs> you know, you're at the end of the dead end. So it's on the right-hand side of Aurelius? Uh, oh, gosh. Like, like if you're going towards there from here. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the right. It's like this strip. Yeah, and that little contact drive is a little cul-de-sac dead okay, end. Okay, yeah. And at the end of a soccer zone, you've got a SkyMint growing facility right here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michigan Fashion Proto, uh, one of the union spots is right back mm-hmm. there, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're on the end of a dead end, which is really great for the event because no cross traffic. Right. Uh, your kids will be safe. Is okay. it inside or outside? Outside. Outside. Uh, and, gosh, what a blessing this week has been with the weather. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't think tomorrow's going to be so nice. But. Well, Friday's looking good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters right yeah, now. Yeah, but it's, you know, yeah. it's a business mixer with a trunk or treat um, and just giving professionals a chance to kind of shake it off a little bit. You know. So what's the purpose of the event? Literally just to network and connect, just like a LRCC member mixers where it's an opportunity for people to get together once a month and network and meet with other professionals. Obviously, it's showcasing the business that it's being held at this month. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same idea we had. Let's showcase Extend Your Reach, but we're not just going to pat our own selves on the back and be right. all about us. Right. We're going to support the folks that have helped us be around for over 40 years. Right. Um. So some of the folks are our vendors. Uh, some of them are our actual clients. Wow. Um, and then some of them are just folks here in the Lansing area, like I said, that I've known or that are smaller and I want to help out. I've got a couple small businesses that will be there that are really just getting their feet off the ground and getting things started. That's cool. Um, so I wanted them to be able to be there. Uh, Kona Ice will be there. Cool. Kids will love that. Uh, yeah, they scream. <laughs> I scream, you scream for Kona Ice. <laughs> uh, we don't have that in Kentucky. Like I never saw a Kona Ice really? truck. I didn't know what that was. And people were just like, what? You don't know what Kona Ice is? I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know what shaved ice was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Guac and Roll will be there. I've never heard of that. Uh, world's best guacamole. Really? So they say. <laughs> is it a, like a, is it a restaurant? Like what is He is a, he's a booth at the Allen Street Farmer's Market. Oh, okay. Um, so he does guacamole and salsa. Ah. It's pretty good. I will have to check that out. I'm a I'm a junkie for guacamole. I'm I'm a big fan. I kind of rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, and it I literally just want to help others. I, I tell people a lot of time the reason I got into marketing is because I love to do for others. I just love to do mm-hmm. whether that be design, events, promoting education, whatever it is. I just love to do for others. Well, and it, I think it speaks true too because as soon as you came in here and I was talking to you, you were throwing ideas around like you were. You're just genuinely trying to be helpful. Yeah, for and, free. Yeah, for free. <laughs> for free. <laughs> and I could tell that that's the kind of person you are. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I definitely try to be kind. Um, so many people have been kind to me. Um, you know, I didn't have the best life. Uh, you know, being one of nine kids, there's a lot going on. Um, I think you had reached out and you wanted to talk about that too. Originally, and yeah. And we didn't even talk about it. you know what? It. That's okay. Um, my mom is an amazing woman. Uh, she raised me as a single mom. Um, she went through a lot of crap being raised in inner city Detroit when she was younger, uh, a string of random crappy dudes in her life and my life. Um, but my mom never let me get that, you know, she never let that made me be less than. And she constantly reminded me like, don't look at what I'm doing. Look at what you can be. Look at what you can do. Like you are going to graduate high school. You are going to be the only one in the family to do that. You're going to be the only person in our family to go to college. Um, you beat teen pregnancy. Not a lot of women in my family can say that, you know, like, 
you are what I always wanted to be. And my mom never let me stop. And there were definitely points where I wanted to give up. And my mom was like, no. Um, so I give a lot of credit to my mom. Uh, and she'll be at the event That's supporting awesome. me. That's um, awesome. So if you see a slightly older, more tattooed woman, <laughs> that is my mother. We look identical. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I got to give all props to my mom. If it wasn't for her, I would not be wanting to do things like podcasts and be as kind and genuine as I am because... There were definitely roadblocks that could have made me a different person. And I took, you know, the path less traveled by. Well, I think that's the most important thing about like this podcast. And that's why this podcast was formed was to highlight people like yourself, like me, like other people that have been on the podcast that have gone through these tragic situations that have had a shitty life that have risen, risen above it and not let their circumstances define who they are, but rather they are successful just despite their circumstances. Yeah. And that is so important because so many people can allow their circumstances to define who they are. They allow, and, and they a lot of times feel alone. And so then they just feel like it's easier to follow the path less traveled mm-hmm. and or with the least resistance. And it's easy to do that. Yeah. But it's not easy to to choose the other path and, and go the way that is more work, more discipline. To try. To try. To just try. To just try. I say that to my siblings all the time. I'm the oldest. They look to me the most. And they'll say, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Try. Just try. Put some effort in. Think about what is the solution? Are there multiple solutions? How do you get to each one of them? Now try. Just try it. Don't cry. I mean, we can cry during it, but don't just sit there and cry. Try. Just try. Don't give up. You know, they look at me and they're like, I can't believe you left. I can't believe you did this. I, I, I can't believe it. Believe it. Believe it, babe, because I did it. And I'm, I'm here and I'm still rocking. And sometimes Literally. I can't, you know, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I can't get that that $5 McDonald's cheeseburger. Sometimes I can't afford that. Sometimes I can't afford the Starbucks coffee I want. But I still have a home. I fed my cats and I'm happy. And I can still sit down and relax and play a video game or have a jam session and still feel secure and good with the choices I made because I tried. Um, and my mom always said, you know, like, can't isn't a word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can. I don't want to hear can't. Yeah. Um, so she just pushed me. And that, is, that is such an important thing, too, is to, to not to give up like to give that's the thing like giving up has never been a thing for me Uh -uh. um when somebody said you can't do something it's always been it's always been a way for me to just look at them like how you just looked at me and be like watch me yeah that's a challenge i will do it yep i might not be good at it i will learn how to do it and i will do it and i won't give up yeah like will this be to be will this be the best halloween event i've ever done no but it would get better it's gonna get better and this is the first annual yeah, that's right. I put that in the name. First annual Beataboo. Because I anticipate there being a second and a third and a fourth. And even if I leave Extend Your Reach, somebody's going to continue my legacy. And I want that. I want them to be proud of that and be like, yeah, we're Extend Your Reach. We put on that Beataboo blitz every year. You know, <laughs> like that's how I am. And I'm goofy and fun about it because I, that's how I get through life. I always say, um, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Mm. That's my biggest thing. I say it at work to everybody. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Just you, you don't laugh, you cry. So try, laugh, no cry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> laughing is it, it's a it, it heals. It can heal and it can get you through a lot of situations. When I'm really angry, sometimes I look in the mirror and try to laugh without smiling. <laughs> Makes you smile. It's true. I mean, if you just try, like right now, like 
I'll have to be serious one minute. Like, uh, like you know, like, and then you immediately start to laugh. Like, <laughs> because it makes you laugh. And especially if you're looking at yourself, you, you looked at me and immediately laughed because I'm trying to have this monotone right. face on. <laughs> so, yeah, do that. Do that. If you, if you feel like you can't try, well, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. So make yourself laugh. And then try. With with all your experiences in life, I mean, I don't know what your life story is. I don't know the things that you've gone through, but uh, we got to wrap this up soon. Yeah. So, um, but for the people that are listening, maybe for your siblings, for anybody that uh, what is going through the situations, maybe you've gone through. What mm -hmm. would you What would you have to say to them? Um, whoever hurt you is not you, and that doesn't make you, and that is not a part of your personality. That is a part of your history, but it does not make you and they are not you and they cannot control you. And if it's multiple people, it, the same thing applies. Um, if it's a whole entity, again, same thing applies. You are you. And at the end of the day, you go to sleep and you're you with your thoughts and your likes and your loves and your dislikes and all of it. And that is what makes up you. Not your history, not what's going to happen in the future. You. So don't don't let that be who you become. Don't let all these things become you because you have other things that build you up. And those are your, your likes and your dislikes. And you choose to wear a certain color every day because that's what you like. And if somebody assaults you in blue, don't let that never be your favorite color anymore. Take that back. It's not you. Be you. And that's what I got. <laughs> well, thanks, Miranda. This was fun. I, I hope to do it again. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you. Thank you.